0: You're now listening to The Cadence Sprint. Everyone, one of the things I get asked about a lot is what do I do with my hands when I'm speaking? And A lot of people spend some time thinking about it, but you never spend more time thinking about it than when you have to get up in front of people and present, because as soon as you stand up, it's like your hands have become these alien objects that are at the end of your arms. So thinking about it when you're in a presenting format totally matters, and I encourage people to think about it in a standing, sitting, and online format, and that's what we'll talk about today. So when you think about what you should do with your hands, let's start with a standing position. So this can be when you're presenting in front of people or if you're just having a conversation and you're in a standing position. So try and think of a rectangle that starts at your shoulder line and then goes down to the top of your belt and then about a foot to a foot and a half just beyond the tips of your shoulders. That's where you should keep your hand motion. You don't ever want to speak below your belt line, especially when you're presenting, because when you're presenting and if you're nervous, as most of us are when we present, it's really easy to get your hands stuck. So they stay in a place, you don't realize they've stayed there, and the next thing you know, your hands are down below your belt line and they're moving and they're expressing themselves. Instead, try and start within that rectangle I just identified. So top of your shoulder, down to your belt line, and about a foot to a foot and a half, just outside of the edge of your shoulder. So when you're speaking in this space, you can go out of it. It's totally fine to do that, but you should do it with purpose. So for example, if you wanna go above your shoulders, you wanna talk about a big idea, or you wanna talk about how we're going to improve things and really raise the bar. It's great to go above your shoulder to do that. So if you wanna take your hands above your shoulder, it's because you're trying to put a lot of emphasis on something by adding in a more elaborate hand gesture. So you're going up above that shoulder line. That's fine, but don't stay there. The more that you speak above the shoulder line, the more manic it can seem or that you're trying to overtly sell an idea. It can also seem that you're a bit insecure about your idea because you're trying to overemphasize it. The other piece to consider too is when you're speaking above your shoulder line, you can get into that kind of Ricky Bobby Talladega Nights thing where your hands are actually in front of your face and you don't even realize it because you're so in the moment. So it's totally fine to go above that shoulder line, but do it with purpose, with intention, to help support your idea physically. So again, talking about a big idea or really raising the bar. You can also go outside of the rectangle to your left and your right, outside of that foot and a foot and a half, again, with purpose. So if you wanna talk about expanding something or reducing something, and you wanna really support that idea physically, then go outside of that rectangle outside of that foot foot and a half that's your shoulder line it's totally fine to do that but again you're doing it with purpose when you're talking about your belt line though you really shouldn't go below the belt line because it's very easy to get stuck there and it's not useful usually in terms of expressing yourself when you're standing because it can be quite distracting when in that standing position it is good to speak with your hands if possible you don't always have to And really, frankly, I encourage people that if you're not comfortable or good with speaking with your hands, it's better just to have your hands laying at the side. Like don't slouch down like Frankenstein, but it's okay to have your arms just hanging at the side as long as you express yourself very well through your eye contact. However, if you are comfortable with trying to speak with at least one of your hands, I totally encourage it. To take a step back, if you don't feel comfortable having both hands laying at your sides, something that's very easy to do is take a notebook, put inside the palm of your hands and then wrap your fingers around it so that the book is going just up the inside of your arm and then hold it there. When you're holding it like that, so book goes into the palm of your hands, fold your fingers over it, and then bring it in to the inside of your wrist. When you're holding your hand like that, it has the illusion that you're doing something with your arm, although you're not actually using your arm at all. So if you don't want to speak with either hand, a good active stance is putting a book in there, folding your fingers over it, and then holding it just within the inside of your arm and just tucking it over just to your side. Don't hold it up in front of your chest like a shield, just hold it to the side. Neither hand is actually active, but it has the illusion that something's happening. Now, moving forward again, if you do wanna speak with one hand, that is totally awesome. Speaking with one hand is fantastic. It's a great thing that allows you to keep momentum when you're speaking. It's a great thing that allows you to support what you're saying physically. In doing that though, I encourage that you use open palm with your fingers slightly curled. That palm should be either at an angle, so just a slightly up angle, or fully up, as if you're handing someone something. So at the side angle, it's like you're going in for a handshake, and at the up angle, it's like you're giving someone something. These are open hand gestures. It's really normal when you first start learning how to do this, that as you're speaking like this, you're gonna get like a little Shakespearean, your hand's gonna fly all over the place. It's totally normal. You're just going to have to keep working through it. And again, try and keep it within that rectangle that we discussed. It's also totally fine to use down palms. So if you're pointing your palm down, these are negating gestures. But again, you only want to use these if you're doing it on purpose with intention. So if you want to reduce something, it's a palm down gesture. If you want to say absolutely, you can have your palm down and move it from the center of your chest out to the right or out to the left. That's a negating gesture. So down palm gestures are totally fine when done intentionally, but usually you want to think open hand, fingers slightly curled, and either an angle palm, like you're going to shake someone's hand or up palm, like you're handing someone something. Palm in facing your chest is also fantastic when you're expressing yourself in a heartfelt manner. And we'll get to that in a second, but you can have palm facing into yourself, but palm facing out, is a hazardous move and you should only be using it, again, if you're saying, we want to stop that. Right, and you're putting your hand out. Palm out gestures should be used very rarely. It'd be better to stop if you were using a palm down gesture rather than a palm out gesture because a palm out gesture looks highly defensive and our audience can get that stuck in their head. You can use it if you want, but I'd encourage you to use it very sparingly. So with the palm in gesture, so the palm facing your chest, if you put your hand up around-ish where your heart is, that's what you know typically is referred to as heart center. This is a great place to start and end a motion. So if you start with your hand is facing inwards, and it doesn't always have to be over your heart, like you're saying the most heartfelt thing, but just facing that area-ish of your chest. Start your gesture there, put your hand out, like as if you're going to shake someone's hand, or put your hand out with the palm up, and then finish the gesture, putting your hand back again. At first, that's going to feel super mechanical, and that's because it is super mechanical. I'm asking you to do a specific range of motion, but once you become comfortable with that range of motion, then you can switch it up. Start with your hand, with your palm facing your chest in the heart center-ish area. Put your hand out either at angle palm or up palm, but then keep it out there and use it to express yourself, and then once in a while bring it back into the chest once you get comfortable speaking with one hand in that rectangle again at palm angle or palm up you can start bringing in that second hand speaking with that second hand and having two hands active is amazing it's very powerful you can use a tool that i refer to as twinning where both hands are doing the same thing so it's almost like a mirror reflection that's an amazing strength to have as a speaker i do caution you though When someone gets used to twinning too much, they use it too much as a tool. They again can start, it can start looking very distracting or almost manic. What I encourage you to do is your dominant hand should be the hand. So dominant hand being if you're left handed or right handed, that should be the hand that is moving the most when you're speaking. And your other hand, the non-dominant hand should be twinning it sometimes, but other times that hand should just be chilling out while the other one speaks. If you're going to use both hands, both hands shouldn't be moving all the time. Your non-dominant hand should be twinning the other one when you want to speak with both hands. And then other times that hand should just be chilling and it could be chilling within that rectangle. You could just be holding it kind of like off to the side a little bit, or you could just have it hanging down. It's no big deal. I also encourage you when you're speaking, if you want, you can put one hand in a pocket when you're standing. I know there's a lot of conversation you shouldn't do that. I just disagree with that fundamentally. You should never have both hands in your pocket when you're speaking because it looks ultra casual and there's like a a psychology behind that. If you want to speak with one hand only, it's okay to have a hand in your pocket. If you want to speak with both hands but occasionally put that hand off to the side and leave it there, that's fine. And if you want to speak with one hand and then put your non-dominant hand in and out of your pocket, again, that's totally okay. In regards to the pocket though, you should only put your hand in a pocket if your pockets are hemmed on the side of your pants. So most formal pants like suit pants or dress pants, they have the pocket so that it's hemmed that the entry of the pocket is on the side of the pants. If you think of jeans, the pocket is actually on the front of the pants. If you try and put your hand in your jeans when you're speaking, you look like a weird gunslinger because your arm is like all cocked out like that. So only ever put your hand in your pocket if the seam starts on the side of your pants here men's fashion gives a little bit more of an advantage to to people who wear men's pants when they speak because the pocket for most men's pants are on the side of the pants so what i'm going to encourage you here for anyone who is wearing pants that are intended for women or women's fashion what i encourage you here is it's not good to put your hands in your pocket if it's hemmed on the front look for ones that are hemmed on the side But it's also totally cool if you want to put your hand in a dress pocket. That's totally fine as well. That's no big deal. Just don't do it if the pocket is in the front. So let's talk about a seated position. When you're in a seated position, there's some advantages already. You don't have to worry about your belt line. You just have to worry about from the top of the table to the top of your shoulder now. That's the area you need to think about. Now the rectangle's been compressed. It's been basically cut in half. When you're speaking, at least one of your hands has to be visible. So you should never speak with both of your hands sitting in your lap. But one hand can be sitting underneath the table. It's no problem at all. And when I say your hand needs to be visible, your hand could just be sitting on the table or it could be sitting on the table holding a pen. Although speaking with a pen can be hazardous if you're speaking for a long period of time because you'll inevitably start gesturing with the pen. So I do encourage you if you're going to speak for longer than like 30 seconds, put down your pen. But your hand could be on the table. It could be on the table holding a pen. You could be leaning back in your chair a little bit with one of your legs crossed and one of your hands could just be sitting on top of your knee. As long as the hand is visible is all that matters, at least one hand. So when you're speaking with the hand, it's just like standing except now we've just got half the distance. So you don't wanna have gestures that are below the table if you're gonna be using gestures and you don't want anything that's above your shoulder line unless you're doing it with purpose. A little tip around the seated position When you're setting up at a meeting room table, only put on the table what you actually need. I think we've all been in meetings where someone's had their notebook, their laptop, their cell phone, their second cell phone, their water, their coffee. And the next thing you know, they're like pulling out their sleeping bag, their lantern. It's like they're setting up base camp. Every time you put something on the table, it is a subtle barrier between you and other people. And it can also make people look quite cluttered in their thinking if they have too much stuff around them. So only put on the table what you actually need. Finally, let's talk about being online. So if you're on Zoom or you're on Teams or some kind of online platform where you're visible within a screen, the first thing I encourage you to do from a framing perspective is put on a buttoned shirt. And I'm not asking you to do this every single time you're on camera, not at all. But just for the practice of understanding where your hands should be, try and experiment with me. Put on a buttoned shirt. And then button, the top button, so the collar button. Count down from the top button. One, two, three. The bottom of your screen, so what's visible to the audience, should fall underneath your third button. So the bottom of the screen when you're online should fall between the third and the fourth button. The reason I ask you to do this just as an experiment is you don't need to always wear a shirt that has buttons to go on camera, but I'd like you to do it just so you can understand where that framing falls on your body. If you're on a laptop, you should tip the screen enough so that you have about an inch and a half to two inches of space from the top of your head to the top of the screen. And then finally, put your hand on the edge of your shoulder. You should have about a foot to a foot and a half from your shoulder to the edge of the screen. By framing yourself like that, you're emulating as much as possible what it's like to be across the table from someone. They can't see as much of you, but they can see an appropriate amount of you as if you were in a meeting. In this space, the exact same rules apply. You don't wanna be going out more than a foot to a foot and a half from the sides of your shoulder. So don't break the rectangle here unless you're doing it with intention. But in this case, you actually have like a little border because you've got the edge of your screen. You really shouldn't be doing hand gestures off the edges of your screen because if you're doing that, then it's losing impact. Again, also, you don't wanna be going above your shoulder unless you're doing it with purpose. So what I encourage you to do is make one of your hands active. And again, it just needs to be at the very bottom of the screen. If you want, they could just see the tip of your thumb or the tip of your finger or a half of your hand. That's totally fine. But when you're speaking, not when you're listening, so you don't have to have just this weird hand hanging there, but only when you're speaking, when you're on camera, people should see at least one of your hands in motion. Shouldn't be frantic motion, but it shouldn't be sitting there totally still because it's going to look very odd. Just slight motion that supports what you're saying. And if they can just see a little bit of your hand, that's fine. But if you're comfortable speaking with your hand, because you framed yourself correctly, you've got enough space to be able to speak from heart center, to be able to express yourself and people can see quite a bit of your hand. The final piece about being online and expressing yourself with your hands is try not to get more than four inches further away from your chest because when you're online, the camera lacks perspective. And so if you take your hand more than four inches away from your chest, you start getting these giant monster hands and it's very distracting for your audience. So try to keep your emotions within four ish inches of your chest. Speaking with your hands is a great way to connect with people because human beings draw far more information from physical presence than they do anything else. It's typically physical presence is the dominant factor of where people are drawing information, then quite a bit on verbal presence. So how you actually sound when you speak. The last thing that people are drawing information from is what you're actually saying. If you become really effective and comfortable with speaking with your hands, you're already helping your audience pay more attention to what you're saying because what you're doing with your hands is supporting what your content is. So with that, go out, practice, do some videotaping of yourself. It's super awkward when you tape yourself, but trust me, it's one of the best tools you're ever gonna have. And we'll see you next time on the Cadence Sprint. One step. One